everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, which is our first week back for the Week in Review for 2023. First up, we've got on one roof on the 11th of January, Tony Alexander, will house prices recover in 2023? Second topic from one roof on the 10th of January, absolute bargains to be had. The suburbs buyers should target in 2023. Third up from landlords on the 10th of January, cost of building a new house skyrockets. Fourth topic from landlords.co.nz on the 10th of January, investor tax burden already affecting rental property. And last but not least from News Hub on the 12th of January, why a realtor believes the next six weeks could be a good time to pounce on property. So we'll kick off this week in review from the One Roof article on the 11th of January from Tony Alexander, Will House Prices Recover in 2023? In his analysis, Tony Alexander reminds people that there's no way to accurately predict the movement of house prices over a cycle, and the tops and bottoms are revealed only after they happen. It was common for people to expect house prices to fall sharply during the early days of the pandemic, but instead, after easing just 3% in April and May 2020, they soared by 46%. Since the November 2022 peak in prices, we've seen falls recording an average of 13.7% nationwide. Prices now sit 22% above where they were when we went into the first lockdown. Over the same period, the average hourly earnings in the private sector rose by about 16%. So the ratio between average house prices to incomes by this measure is just 4% above the early 2020 levels after being 30% above in 2021. Tony mentions this shift to demonstrate the risk of how people who are overhyping how high prices would go up in 2021 and 2022, and now the risk of people becoming too pessimistic on how low they'll fall. Alexander believes incomes are rising to meet the falling house prices and soon affordability will be better than pre-pandemic levels until we take mortgage rates into account which are now above average levels. Back in early 2020, the popular one-year fixed interest rate mortgage was around 3.4%. Now it's near 6.4%, which exceeds the 5.3% average for the decade ending in 2018. That average is a better gauge of normal than any calculation, including the period from 2019 to 2021, for two reasons. First, fears of deflation in 2019 urged the Reserve Bank in New Zealand to cut its OCR to 1%. Secondly, over 2020 and 2021, fears of a depression caused the central bank to ease monetary policy even further and keep things loose for too long. Alexander thinks people are scared partly of where mortgages are right now and where they're headed. The fear is encouraging investors to be weak sellers in a falling market. This isn't a good position to be in and evidence to date is that many people wanting to sell are not doing so unless negative cash flows are so bad they've got no other choice. By the end of December, the nationwide stock of listings was at 28,900. This is a 54% rise from the end of 2021. But new listings in seasonally adjusted terms were down 5% in December. Sellers aren't in a rush to sell and there's an overwhelming lack of buyers. 
In order to have a sense of when house prices had stopped falling, Alexander suggests looking for a time when buyers return. Stronger than expected net migration inflows will help, as will high job security and improving affordability in terms of house prices versus income. But the key is to predict when interest rates will start to fall. Alexander's view is that we're at the peaks for fixed rates of two years and beyond, while floating rates are set to rise up to another 1.25%, and the one-year rate could creep higher by 0.25% or so. He thinks it's still not yet reasonable to believe that people will be thinking of buying and then riding a coming trail of falling interest rates until the middle of the year at the earliest. The upcoming January 25th inflation number will be something to look out for as it could be easily higher or lower than expected because of widespread forecasting errors. Second topic for this week from One Roof on the 10th of January, absolute bargains to be had, the suburbs buyers should target in 2023. Velocity Head Evaluations, James Wilson, said that when prices in Auckland become too expensive, people usually look out to the next urban location. This is a trend he expects will reverse, saying areas near the central city could be more affordable. When the market's softer, like we have now, Wilson believes people should be looking back towards the main centres. According to him, it makes sense when people choose to buy in big economic centres because they traditionally perform better than the regions, which are often more exposed by market shocks. He cites Hamilton as a strong area for investors. The central Auckland suburbs like Ellerslie, Onehunga, Three Kings and suburbs in Mount Roskill are also good options. Good transportation and amenities are available in central areas, which could be attractive for investors and first-home buyers alike. Buying close to the heart of urban areas delivers the best long-term returns. CoreLogic Chief Economist Calvin Davidson said that among the major centres, Wellington's been the hardest hit, but it still has good buying opportunities. Davidson said it's important to remember that people buy an individual property and not the average property, which means that there are bargains to be had. Canterbury's also still an attractive part of the country for buyers, as it's less vulnerable to price falls. Most parts will see price falls this year. Some areas will see less than others. Other isolated parts of the country have also held up well, such as Palmerston North, which Davidson says also has better affordability. Buyers looking further afield should consider Auckland and Wellington as larger cities have fallen more quickly, which means they could reach the bottom faster and begin to present opportunities again. Should net migration pick up again, Auckland will benefit the most. There could be some deals in the outer fringes given all the townhouse developments, especially if developers have properties sitting there ready to go and are waiting to free up cash to get on with the next project. Lower Hutt in Wellington is one of the markets that's fallen the most, and with the number of new builds in the suburbs, it might be possible to get a bargain, said Davidson. Sam Steele, Ray White's lead auctioneer, thinks anywhere in South Auckland is worth watching. He said that it's still possible to get deals that are great value for money in the area. Lifestyle areas in the likes of Gisborne, Hawke's Bay or Whangarei are also still popular and people seeking a quieter life are also looking to those areas where their money goes a bit further. For Steele, an $800,000 budget might buy a terraced house in Auckland, but in Whangarei this could get you four bedrooms and a backyard.
in terms of affordability. He cites Christchurch as a great choice, as it's a large city that's much cheaper than Wellington and Auckland. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events coming up. We've updated them for 2023. They're called Financial Advisors Strategies for Successful Investing, and they're available live online or in person with me. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. And if you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. Third topic for this week, from landlords on the 10th of January, the cost of building a new house skyrockets. Building cost inflation has hit double digits since the first time the index was launched a decade ago. It currently sits at 10.4%. The CoreLogic Cordell Construction Cost Index, triple CI, recorded an increase of 1.7% in the final quarter of last year, which is a drop from the 3.4% increase in the three months to September. Nonetheless, it still recorded an all-time high. The triple CI measures the rate of change of construction costs within the residential market, for a standard three-bedroom, two-bathroom brick and tile, single-storey dwelling. CoreLogic Chief Property Economist Calvin Davidson anticipates construction cost inflation to hold at 10% for the first quarter before easing over the rest of the year. Davidson believes that with house values dropping, it'll be difficult for builders to continue to push new build prices up to compensate for higher costs. The net result of rising building costs would be more pressure on construction firms. Annual new dwelling consents are expected to ease from 50,000 to the 30 to 35,000 range. He warned that even as new dwelling approvals slowed, there's still a huge pipeline of consents that will take time to be completed. This will provide builders with at least another 6 to 12 months worth of consistent work. The index shows that a surge in new builds, material supply issues and labour shortages alongside completion delays have caused the increase in the cost of residential construction in 2022. Davidson said that the elevated level of construction is due in part to the need to replenish stock levels in order to meet the country's future population growth and it also reflects demand incentives for new builds such as exemptions from the loan-to-value ratio rules and investors' ability to claim mortgage interest deductibility. Fourth topic for this week, from landlords.co.nz on the 10th of January, investor tax burden already affecting rental property. The removal of mortgage interest as a tax-deductible expense for investors who own older properties is already having an impact on the rental market. Property Investors Federation Executive Committee member Tim Horsborough told Parliament's Finance and Expenditure Committee that although the government's goal was to improve affordability for first-home buyers by diminishing investor demand for existing housing, this didn't work. This instead worsened the shortage of rental properties, thereby increasing homelessness and causing tenants to pay higher rent. Horsborough pointed out that allowing large developers, investors and operators to claim mortgage interest as a deductible expense if they allow tenancies of 10 years, opposed to private investors being able to do the same thing through a plan that the Federation has advocated for. The plan to fix the rental crisis includes a new long-term tenancy option, in addition to the existing periodic and fixed-term options available. This option would then be more widely available to tenants wanting security of tenure.
The new tenancy would be for a minimum of three years, allowing the tenant to decorate the property as of right and making gardens as long as the property is returned to its original state when the tenant leaves. Landlords would, would not be obliged to provide curtains, floor coverings, light fittings and appliances, including stoves, in return for that long-term tenancy. Landlords could charge a bond of 12 weeks and tenants must pay all insurance premiums, rates and the costs, both fixed and variable, of services to the property, including water. These are some of the suggested terms of the new tenancy option. Tenants can decorate the property as of right, but must return it to exactly the same condition as it was provided, with no allowance for wear and tear, unless otherwise agreed by the landlord. Tenancy terms negotiable between the parties, but must be for a minimum of three years. Tenants can give three months notice to end the tenancy. And if practical, tenants can make gardens as of right, but must return it to the state it was provided in at the end of the tenancy, unless agreed to by the landlord. Landlords can only end the tenancy for tenant default for rent arrears, damage to the property, illegal activity, antisocial behaviour, property being uninhabitable or subject to mortgagee sale. Landlords cannot end the tenancy to move into or sell the property with a requirement for the tenant to vacate. There would be no obligation for the landlord to provide floor coverings, curtains, light fittings or appliances, including stoves, Walls are painted white at the commencement of the tenancy. If ending a tenancy for antisocial behaviour or disturbing neighbours, landlords must issue a warning notice describing the antisocial behaviour and or neighbour disturbance without having to name the affected neighbours, making it clear that they will end the tenancy if the behaviour or disturbance continues. If the behaviour or disturbance continues, landlords could issue a 90-day notice to end that tenancy. Landlords could charge a bond equivalent of up to 12 weeks rent. Tenants would be responsible for the payment of all insurance premiums, rates and the costs, both fixed and variable, of services to the property, including water, and tenants can only assign their lease with the landlord's consent or on application to the tenancy tribunal on grounds of hardship. Hardship provisions also apply to the landlord. Landlords can prohibit tenants from subletting the property. This tenancy would be suited to tenants who would want a rental more like their own property while providing compensation to landlords for giving up their ability to terminate the tenancy. Fifth topic for this week in review from News Hub on the 12th of January, why Realtor believes that the next six weeks could be a good time to pounce on property. A realtor is anticipating that the next six weeks could be a great time to grab bargains on new properties ahead of another OCR increase. The Reserve Bank will be delivering its next monetary policy statement and OCR decision on February 23rd. At present, the OCR is at 4.24%, but it's expected to rise again to fight off inflation. Last November, the Reserve Bank forecast the OCR to reach 5.5% in 2023, while inflation is expected to peak at 7.5%. Increases to the OCR could encourage lenders to hike up mortgage rates. Century 21 New Zealand owner Tim Kerens believes that borrowers have a six-week window of interest rate stability before additional changes. He said rising interest rates will put a lot of pressure on homeowners this year, but putting it into perspective, current interest rates are nothing out of the ordinary, as shown by trends over the past decades. 
Despite recent large jumps in the OCR, it comes from a very low base. The OCR hasn't been as high as it is now since December 2008. Before then, it was regularly above 5%, and before the global financial crisis, it sat at around 8%. However, the November monetary policy statement predicted that the OCR will begin falling in 2024 and will sit at 4.4% by the end of 2025. Karen said that the RBNZ has given enough notice where interest rates are headed this year, and as we're currently still on 2022 rates, this summer season could be a good opportunity to lock in a reasonable rate when buying property. He added that even with a softer market, there are pockets within the cities all over the country that have good deals and a good real estate agent can help those who are thinking of buying or selling. House prices have been declining nationally. In the November monetary policy, prices have dipped about 11% in the last 12 months after rising significantly during the pandemic. We've upgraded our free events at Property Apprentice to cater for the ever-changing needs of first-home buyers and investors all over New Zealand. Join me for our first ever How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023, a financial advisor's strategy for successful investing event. They're live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office, and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as I can. You can register on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and check out the details there. And if you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how Property Apprentice can help you, you can also book a meeting or phone call with him via our website, which is propertyapprentice.co.nz. I look forward to seeing you soon.